Dear listeners, welcome back to Quote Unquote with KK. Today we are going to discuss the issue of everlasting peace and happiness for the world in the current context of conflict, disease, death, expansionism and what we have currently going in our world with a legendary monk. We have invited Gaur Gorangadas to discuss this. For many in India, he is a household name. For those around the world who don't know him, he is the leader of ISKCON movement that actively promotes the philosophy of Krishna consciousness. For those who don't know who Krishna is, Lord Krishna is one of the avatars who descended to earth as per the Hindu mythology from Lord Vishnu. Gaur Gorangadas graduated from IIT Bombay and then converted to a monk in the Hare Krishna movement. Over the years, he has worked on several projects and initiatives in the ISKCON movement across the world, such as coaching, research and academia, environmental sustainability, stewardship, tourism, skill development, addiction recovery and leadership. He has delivered over 1000 lectures and seminars and written several books, transforming countless lives and driving change in communities worldwide. Talking about communities, he has single-handedly led and motivated several people to take up monkhood and also develop a world-famous UN World Tourism Organization award-winning Eco-Govardhan village around 75 kilometers from Bombay. He has been a very inspiring religious leader and I had a chance to meet him and spend some time with him at the Govardhan Eco village before COVID. I was very privileged and honored and best to have met and have lunch with him and discuss his work and his vision and associate positively in his mission at ISKCON. Listeners, I present to you a legendary monk who has transformed lives and community. Pranam Guruji and welcome to our podcast show. It's an honor to have you and take your point of view on how we can get the world on an everlasting peace and happiness journey. Let me begin for the benefit of our global listeners to understand what is Krishna, what is ISKCON philosophy and your journey and then take up the issue of peace and happiness for the humans in the world we currently living in and discuss some of the issues on how Hare Krishna movement is working towards delivering it to the world. Let me just say here, Hare Krishna movement, Krishna consciousness movement, ISKCON movement may be used interchangeably in our podcast today, but it signifies the same movement and philosophy. Welcome to our podcast, Guruji. Shashtang Pranam to you. May you inspire us and all the listeners on our podcast today. Thank you very much, KK. And I'm very honored to be invited by you. And I will begin by responding to your question on who is Krishna, what is ISKCON, and what is the journey of ISKCON across the whole world, and my own journey. So I'll begin by sharing one verse from Bhagavad Gita, which says, where Arjuna is asking Krishna, Chanchala me mana Krishna pramathi balabhadridam. And See, Arjuna is in a situation where his mind is rebelling against him. He does not want to fight. And Arjuna is giving justification. A very interesting definition of rationalization I heard, which I want to share with you and your wonderful listeners. Rationalization means use of intelligence in the service of false. So the mind is very restless, turbulent, strong and obstinate, O Krishna, he says. And Arjuna says it appears more difficult to control the mind than it is to control the wind. So Arjuna is speaking on behalf 
of all of us mind is restless it changes from subject to subject changes from direction to direction very turbulent because it creates upheaval in our consciousness mind creates hatred anger lust greed envy anxiety fear attachment as you have rightly said we are all looking for and mind is strong because mind overpowers the intellect with vigorous current mind destroys the faculty of discrimination mind is obstinate because it catches a harmful thought mind refuses to let go mind continues to ruminate over a subject again and again even to the dismay of the intellect so enumerating the unhealthy unwholesome characteristics of the mind arjuna declares the mind is more difficult to control than the wind because it's a powerful analogy no one can ever think of controlling the mighty wind in the sky in this particular verse if you observe very carefully arjuna has addressed lord as krishna so your first question was what is the meaning of krishna so through his question kanchalam hi manah krishna so the acharyas give commentary on the word krishna and they say krishna means karshat yoginam paramahamsanam chetam iti krishna krishna is krishna is one who forcefully attracts the mind of even the most powerfully minded yogis and paramahamsas arjuna is indicating that krishna is also so powerfully attractive that he is able to attract the restless turbulent strong and obstinate mind so that's the idea of because all of us are attracted to six things in this world we are attracted to someone who is extremely strong extremely famous extremely rich extremely beautiful extremely knowledgeable extremely renowned strength fame riches beauty knowledge creation these six are known as opulence anyone in this world who has even a tiny bit of these opulences more than the others becomes an influencer so therefore krishna is the supreme personality of influence in the entire who has all of the unlimited so vaishnavism is what there are five aspects of religion or philosophy i call it religion religion 101 or philosophy 101 aur hum dekhte hain ki kai dharm pant aapas mein jhagda karte rehte hain madbhed hota rehta hai so you know let us look at it dispassionately as a journey in journey there are five elements there is a starting point there is a destination there is an experience at the destination there is a path which you take to reach the destination there are obstacles in the journey any philosophical path has these five things and depending on how each of these five parameters change the name of the religion or the philosophy or within the same religion within the same philosophy the sub divisions change and therefore krishna explains the depth yoga in bhagavad yogastha guru karmani sangam tatva dhananjaya siddhya siddho samo bhutva samatvam yoga uchyate beautifully krishna is explaining that yoga connect with the supreme divine through five means when you connect to the supreme through your absorption in action that is called karma yoga when you connect with the supreme by absorbing in knowledge it is known as gyana yoga when you connect with the supreme by going through or absorbing yourself through renunciation and meditation it is called ashtanga yoga and if you connect with the supreme by focusing on devotion it is known as bhakti yoga and therefore bhakti yoga or the process of connecting the soul to supreme lord krishna through the process of selfless service and dependence on him is nothing but harmony with the self harmony with the divine harmony with and therefore in short bhakti or devotion or devotional service is nothing but service without selfish concern so therefore the gita deals with these five topics ishwar jeev prakriti kal and karma and yoga is the process of harmony and each of the five each of the different process yoga enumerated ta try to harmonize these five and therefore today we find that practically across the whole world 7.6 billion population is there 31% are christians 23% 16% agnostics and atheists 15% hindus and almost 8.5% buddhists but one thing common amongst everybody is that there are people taking birth and dying every day 370 people 
are committing suicide in India every single day. And therefore, when I was in IIT, I saw one of my friends trying to commit suicide, although he was a topper. And I got intrigued. And I asked him, why did you try to commit suicide? And he was very honest. And he said that every time I would get the gold medal. But this time, I did not get the gold medal. I got the silver medal. I was so bewildered by this defeat that I tried to kill myself. And I was shocked because four or five of my other friends in the same college, in the same batch, actually had failed in four or five subjects, but they were moving around the camp fully, blissfully as if nothing happened. And when I asked them, that, hey, how come that in spite of failing subjects, you are moving around fully? They said, our philosophy in life is very simple. College mein ghusna apna kaam hai, nikalna college. Entering <laughs> college is our job to take us out of the college. <laughs> then I realized that, yes, what the modern education system is killed. But I have attended to people in ICUs of hospitals. And when I asked them, why did you get a heart attack? They say that I was expecting the promotion because I was the senior. But a person two levels junior to me was promoted above me. And yes, because my boss, I could not handle. So, KK, we don't see these case studies in MBA schools. The B schools only teach you how to use your skills, how to do this, how to do that. But it does not teach you how do you respond if someone else gets more by your skills better than you. And at that time, how are you able to maintain and manage your will? So therefore, KKI strongly feel that Bhagavad Gita, which is being used as a subject across schools in India, in many states, is a very, very important because Arjuna was a person who had the best of skills from the Dronacharya Institute of Technology, but still a small change in circumstance, as you have personally experienced during the covid how the biggest businessmen, in spite of all their skills, their will was shaken. And therefore, to have a will which is unshakable, you need the message of Gita because it is the topmost subject which helps you cope with change. And therefore, I got inspired to join, you know, ISKCON, International Society for Krishna Consciousness, so that we are able to teach people that whatever happens in life, the good, bad, ugly, prosperity and adversity is nothing but the will of the and to be able to see that from that perspective. And therefore, we have limited control over our circumstances, but we have unlimited control over our consciousness. So therefore, KKI decided that let me be part of that group of people who help people, you know, choose the right lenses to look at a certain situation which has already changed beyond their control. And that's how I joined it. I hope it answers. Definitely. And I'm also aware of so many people that I've met at ISKCON. I've also done a TEDx talk and one of the Prabhuji's at, at ISKCON Chopati, he passed out, did his doctorate from, from Chicago. And then he yes. left and joined the movement. I also Absolutely. met your your personal assistant who was a very successful investment banker out of New York uh, in Goldman Sachs. And he left all that and joined you. My question is, how do you attract such talented people, leave their walk of light and, and their success and join you and be devoted to you as a leader? I mean, this is a leadership issue as well, which <laughs> I want to know. You took a, a personal choice. but I'm yeah. sure you have inspired many of them as well to make a personal decision to join the movement. Thank you, KK. I think it's a it's a brilliant question. But I mean, you have been conducting so many podcasts and uh, you must have uh, heard about Simon Sinek and his oh, beginning yeah. purpose of why. So similarly, Bhagavad Gita also begins by helping us establish the why very clearly. You know, otherwise Krishna could have simply told Arjuna, Hey Arjuna, I want you to fight. I'm the supreme. I am God. I'm the boss here. The boss is always right. Let's begin. No question. But Krishna wanted to convince Arjuna on the why. So therefore, I think it's very important to get everybody aligned on the purpose. I personally uh, connected to ISKCON and dedicated myself mainly with a desire to inspire as many people as possible to practice authentic spirituality in their life. So therefore, you know, 
I have not been part of the corporates for long. I cannot speak about how the corporates operate and function and how management paradigm, organizational culture within organizations in the corporate can be transformed. But I have for most of my 30 years been focused mainly on self-transformation and that has been the focus. And therefore, I very much uh, rely and depend on self-discipline as a major component of self-transformation and similarly people who connect with me understand that if that is a priority in their life then they also feel yes if we get the technology by which we can control our mind our thoughts our senses our habits then what better uh, experience of their life so interestingly the national sample survey organization nsso in 2019 which is a government of india agency which, which actually carries out national level sample surveys shows remarkable variations across religious age group so there was a sample survey conducted of almost 1.4 lakh households out of which 85000 were rural 85000 were urban. So what I found very fascinating about this survey is they almost reached out to four and a half lakh people and of the age group of six and above and in that almost 2.75 lakhs were in rural area and almost 1.75 lakh people were in the urban area and the basic idea of the survey was that from the age of six to the age of 72 how do different religious groups spend their time on religious activities on a daily basis. So this is a very interesting study because a lot of people are discussing so many things about Hindu, Hindutva and Islam and Christianity and lots of conflicts and debates happen across religious issues. But personally, I have been invested uh, in the last 30 years on improving one's personal experience of authentic spirituality. So therefore, this survey attracted my attention that how much time people actually spend because to have a certain take on certain issues and debate on it and share perspectives on it and say so many things is different thing. But apne jeevan mein kitna samay apan nikal rahe hain, kehte na, the bottom line, <laughs> as they say. So you'll also find this very interesting that at the age of six, who were born Christian, they were found to invest almost 21 minutes every single day in religious act. And Hindu child at the age of six, in this particular survey, was seen to spend only three minutes daily. Mm-hmm. That's a 700% difference. And Muslim was found to spend 12 minutes and Sikh was found to spend four minutes daily. And then it was found that at the age of 7-2, the Hindu practitioner reached the stage of spending 25 minutes of his time at the age of 7. In between what, what happened, that, period, that at the age of 24, the child who was born in Islamic faith gradually increases and eclipses the Christian to invest the highest amount of time and then there is no looking back and then the person in Islamic faith is the highest in terms of spending time. So in the age of 6 to 24, while the and the Islamic growth is almost same at 100%, the base level has a 400% gap and we also observe that the Christian faith is not enough inspired as it grows from the age of 6 to 24. So, for example, at the age of 6, as I said, person with Islamic faith spends 12 minutes and then when it goes to 24 uh, years of age, he spends 24 minutes. So, there's an increment of 100%. A Christian at the age of 6 spends 22 minutes, but at the age of 24, he's spending only 23 minutes. So, there is only like a 5% increase. And then a Sikh is spending 4 minutes at the age of 6. Then at the age of 24, he spends 8. So, there is a 100%. And for Hindu, from 3 minutes at age of 6 he goes to 6 minutes at the age of 24 so there is also 100% but interestingly in the 
पीक प्रोफेशनल पीरियड जैसे कहते हैं ना धंधे का जब समय होता है तो एज ऑफ
because ultimately we are trying to share in such a way that you can apply it. I hope that answers. Perfectly. I wanted to just bring up an incident and also add to it my experience of uh, visiting Govardhan Eco Village. When I met you, not just you as a head of the village and the ecosystem that you have created, but there is some magnetic energy that you have as well, which obviously I felt uh, in your presence. And definitely there is a change. I felt being in, in your presence. I'm sure that's also one of the reasons where people are attracted to you. <laughs> well, if you feel you have experienced something that is your greatness, but all of us are trying to be humble instruments in the hands of the Supreme Energy, the Supreme Lord Krishna's divine potency. And as you have rightly said, that temples are like hospitals. And therefore, in Hindi, a temple is called mandir right. and I call it hospital for the mind and I tell people in conferences, hey, don't worry, I'm not a religious speaker. I'm a healthcare worker. And they say, oh, really? Healthcare worker? What kind of healthcare worker? And I said, WHO defines health as a perfect synergy between body, mind and spirit. And therefore, that synergy is required because 300 million people across the world are experiencing stress-induced symptoms. And so stress is defined as the gap between expectation and reality. And I help people cope with this gap and cope with these shocks which are caused by change and therefore KK I can say that the greatest cause of fear in life is the fear caused by change and therefore spirituality helps you stay rooted and anchored in your unchanging self so that you can cope with any change outside. Perfectly answered Prabhuji. I want to add my experience when I visited the Govardhan Iku village at Wada. My dad and we have been visiting Vada over 25 years because we have got our own ancestral land and we used to do agriculture also over there. And over the last 25 years, the whole ecosystem of that community has changed because of what you have created. And I remember you narrating the whole story of how you and some of the colleagues from IIT literally brick by brick actually putting up the boundary walls of the <laughs> eco-village. I would love to get your story very quickly. What was your vision and, and how was the development of Govardhan Eco Village achieved? And now it's a United Nations World Tourism Organization award-winning site as well. So yeah. I'm sure a lot has gone in, not just from your side of motivating, but there's a lot that has actually happened. I'm sure our audience would love to understand that what is this temple of peace and the, the whole community development work that you have done there? Yeah, thanks KK for asking that question. Actually, ISKCON in the last uh, several years has been very active and present in cities. So we wanted to also establish Sanatan Dharma in the six and a half lakh villages. But we saw that people in city, they are looking for peace and people in village are looking for Paisa. So we were thinking, how can we connect to Paisa and the two needs? So it's unfortunate that migration has become such a major issue. And at the same time, one of the best places for seeking peace is rural India. Right. But then, you know, if you tell your kids, Chalo bhai, gaon chalte hai, gaon mein rahenge, sab bol, Arre, nahi, bhai, aap hi ja ke aiye. Wi-Fi chahiye hamko, aur hamko ye chahiye, wo chahiye. Bina sudhaon ke koi nahi aasakta, without facilities, people can't come. So, we had to create city comfort in village. So, actually, the credit for that goes to my guru. Radhanath Swami, who actually is from Chicago and he very much wanted to fulfill Srila Prabhupada, the founder of ISKCON's dream of creating a community of simple living, high thinking, because that ISKCON worships Krishna. So Krishna right. has a basuri or flute in hand through which attracts cow and Balram has a hull or a plow in hand through which he does agriculture. So between Krishna and Balram, they represent cow protection and agriculture, Goraksha or Krishi. Correct. So Prabhupada 
थॉट कि भाई कल के दिन जब लोग कृष्ण और बलराम को देखेंगे और इसकोन को देखेंगे पूछेंगे कि भाई आपके जो भगवान हैं वो तो गोरक्षा और खेती करते हैं लेकिन आप में से कोई करता है क्या दैट Your gods are doing cow protection and agriculture, but do any of you do? So he wanted to have a few places where these activities are showcased, and then we also reach out to all the villages nearby, and that is something which Radhanath Swami wanted. And many of us were reluctant because we were all used to being in cities, and we were, as you know, that going out of comfort zone is not so easy. Right. And rural India is sometimes very tough. So we were all kind of pointing to each other that आप पहले जाओ, आप करो, आप आगे जाओ, आप आगे बढ़ो. When in uncomfortable situations, the best of us comes out. That none of us want to take it up. So we start pushing others. Why don't you do? Why don't? So then ultimately, Radhanath Swami said, "I want this eco village as a gift for my 60th birthday." So ये बड़ा emotional appeal हो गया और हम लोग सब बोले अभी तो करना ही पड़ेगा. So therefore, the three core principles of this uh, eco village, as you know, Hinduism is a way of life. So W for wisdom. A for Ayurveda and Y for you. And therefore, the three pillars of this eco village is sustainability, spirituality, and social impact. So, as part of our intervention, we also thought one more thing that India का जो youth है, जो almost 600 million youth है, उनको आप ब्रिंदावन, ऋषिकेश, हरिद्वार, बद्रीनाथ वगैरह जाओ. ऐसा बोलोगे तो सबसे पहले पूछेंगे फैसिलिटीज कैसे हाउ इज द होटल रूम हाउ इज फैसिलिटीज फॉर मी हाउ आर द प्लेसेस फॉर ईटिंग तो सबसे पहले लोगों के दिमाग में यही चलता इट्स वेरी डिफिकल्ट टू अट्रैक्ट द यंग जनरेशन और नॉट सो इंटरेस्टेड इन स्पिरिचुअलिटी टू कम टू स्पिरिचुअल प्लेसेस एंड करंटली द स्पिरिचुअल प्लेसेस है वहाँ इंफ्रास्ट्रक्चर चेंज करना भी बड़ा कठिन सो देर फॉर वॉट वी थॉट वॉज वाई नॉट गिव अ मॉडल फॉर द गवर्नमेंट ऑफ इंडिया दैट इन सेवन हंड्रेड फोर्टी एट डिस्ट्रिक्ट Why not have a replica of a holy place, Dham ki pratimurti, har jille mein, so that over 15 acres we recreated Vrindavan, and then we inspire people come to Vrindavan and participate in this Vrindavan and stay in the best hotel facilities which we have provided. And so, with the income which we get and with the support which we get, we also have adopted 75 villages across. And therefore, UNWTO, which the one minute video I'll share with you, you can share your podcast for which we got the award. It in one minute it encapsulates the entire ethos of the eco village, eco tourism as a catalyst for rural development. So Palgar was constituted as a 36th district of Maharashtra in 2014, and it is ironic that Palgar is neighbor to the financial capital of India, and it has an area of almost 5,000 square kilometers. And it has interestingly, KK Palgar has 1008 villages as of today. Correct. So spiritual me, आपको पता है 1008. That's correct. That's so correct. Just 477 gram panchayat in eight blocks, and the population is almost three million. And out of that, almost seven blocks are completely rural and tribal, and one block is urban. But we also found that ancient temple towns like Madurai, like Srirangam, like Varanas, all of them, and Jagannath Puri, they also became epicenters for social development. So therefore, the hundred acres we have created for self transformation, and we are just about to begin the next ten years journey of social impact through livelihood creation through. Education and healthcare because there is 71% male literacy and 59% female literacy and you will be shocked to hear KK that the average income of a household of an earning member is 27,000 per annum only and average there are six members every family and as far as employment is concerned 68% of Palghar is involved in agriculture and there is a four month crop cycle and then for the rest of the year what do you do they my many of them migrate to the cities so we just signed up an MOU with Kaivalya Education and 
and the district education department and the tribal development officers for impacting the 2750 Zilla Parishad and Ashram schools, uh, impacting almost the 7 point lakh students here. And there are only 34 here. And the gender ratio is there are 48 females for 52 males but there is a shortage of headmasters the girl dropout at the age of 15 is there and you may be knowing that in india out of 27 crore students in the schools in almost 15 lakh schools in the 12th standard there is almost a 88 percent dropout rate and only 12 percent enter into college so therefore there is an intergenerational cycle of poverty and this leads to children taking up social evils and drinking smoking all kinds of intoxication through drugs is very rampant and similarly as far as healthcare is concerned the doctor deficit of only 300 and there are 40 hospitals and in entire district there is only one medical technician just imagine and the malnutrition death malnutrition i personally witnessed under the age of five is the third highest in maharashtra 800 plus in the last 18 months and the most shocking thing because we run a program from govardhan eco village called as hunger free palghar and as part of that we realized when we did the baseline survey that 94% pregnant women are anemic and the first pregnancy happens at the age of 16, 17 and all of these are a big problem so the average spend on healthcare is almost only 500 rupees per annum for a family of four members and so we thought that okay let us try to fix the livelihood aspect of this and there is a skill gap of almost two and a half lakh trained workforce in Palga district between 22 to 25 in the next three years. That's the kind of skill gap we are seeing, although it is the home to Maharashtra's largest MIDC in the form of Boiser. And many of the government-run skill centers are defunct in the past three years, and the private skill centers are obsolete because they're not giving courses which are actually relevant for industry. And therefore, we decided that we will establish Govardhan Skill Center, which KK, you have not yet seen. It's the latest addition during pandemic. I'd I love to come next time when I'm there. Yeah, I'm I would love my to invite you well. and uh, let's do an event there. Sure. And uh, it's the largest skill center of 70,000 square feet built area in the NGO sector in Maharashtra and the third largest in India. And to add to that is environmental problems where the water table is in spite of getting 3,500 or 3,000 millimeter of average rainfall, there is an 80% surface runoff because the topography is like that of a plateau. Right. And there is a receding water table at almost 5 meters. And there is also, there is a huge problem of domestic fuel in the form of plastic and wood, julas. And also, as typically in villages, the grey water issue is always there. Portable water is very difficult to manage. And another problem is they have a strange methodology of catching rabbits by putting fire to the forest. So forest fires are rampant. And the four-month crop cycle is also afflicted with monocropping. So considering this, since 2009 at the Govardhan Eco Village, we engaged in three varieties of intervention. First is ecological, which in view, the sustainable development goal of UN, sustainable development goal number two, number seven, number 12, number 13, number 14 and 15. As said, we are connected to United Nations Environment Program, United Nations Biodiversity Council, United Nations Committee for Combating Desertification, United Nations Economic and Social Council and United Nations World Tourism Organization. So we work with them in the form of policy making and implementation and we have created water resource initiatives to bring 1200 acres of land in tribal villages of Palgar under cultivation with more than 131 
thousand horticulture planting done so that this has increased soil fertility it has reduced soil erosion it has protected soil from intense rain there is almost 120000 liters of sewage water treated per day on a daily basis as far as power than eco village is concerned and i showed you the soil biotechnology plant and this process sewage water is for irrigation it prevents almost 98 tons can you imagine it prevents almost 98 tons of carbon dioxide emissions annually and almost 5000 kilos of cod and therefore the rainwater conservation ponds which is one of the largest in palgar of almost 10 million liters 3 lakh liters in groundwater recharge percolation pond increased the water table at the govardhan eco village so the 10 million liter water pond supplies irrigation for almost 5 months saving almost 7000 units of electricity and so we have also planted more than 150000 trees and this has mitigated over 3000 tons of carbon dioxide as you have seen and stayed in those beautiful green buildings which is certified by both ministry of new and renewable energy under griha green rating for integrated habitat assessment and also by indian green building council and as part of that we have created 500000 compressed stabilized earth blocks which has only 7% cement 3% lime and compared to 72 megajoules per kilogram of embodied energy in a typical uh, wall with paint this consumes only 0.27 megajoules per kilogram so you can imagine this has over 1 lakh square feet of compressed stabilized has been created and this saves almost 90000 megajoules per kilogram compared to the brick and we have a biogas plant which i have shown you also during your visit of 30 cubic meter which right. produces biogas equivalent to almost 8500 kg of lpg so through the eco initiatives like solar panels sbt soil biotechnology and we have a pyrolysis plant which converts plastic diesel and we are now going ahead with a program called plastic free palghar and adopting 50 villages to make it plastic free through green buildings through biogas through energy monitoring systems the govardhan eco village has saved almost half a million electricity units 78% of its total consumption so this is all in the principle of ecological second is economical and this is with respect to sustainable development goals number 8 9 10 and 17 and under that we have helped more than 1300 families in more than 50 villages to take to organic farming and increased their annual income by almost 30 to 35% as you know kk there is a lot of resistance in villages amongst farmers to take to organic farming because right. as they say the ships are safe at docks but ships are meant to sail so to give up old habits and try new methods is not easy. we also provided micro enterprises for 250 landless laborers increasing the daily incomes by almost 50% and more than 3000 women have formed 350 300 self help groups in 70 villages and increased the annual income by almost 45 to 50% and we have provided skill development training to 80 tribal youths in the last few years but now with this new govardhan skill center we aspire to provide skill training to 1200 tribal youths every year placing almost 100% so along with ecological and economical i come to the third dimension which is social in cognizance with sustainable development goal 1 s3 sdg 4 5 6 and sdg 11 and 16 and these are very very crucial is over 1000 sessions have been conducted in fifth schools and we have benefited more than 9000 students so far and hence water availability at the govardhan eco village has been provided by identifying water by doing hydrogeological survey and we have established the sbt plant so that not a single drop of black and gray water is thrown back into the soil because people think in agriculture areas in village areas lot of land is there क्या फर्क पड़ता है सुबह के पानी को जाने दो 
but then there is underground percolation then there is e coli formation in the groundwater and then it creates all kinds of waterborne disease so we right. have also reduced the risks by replacing and repairing 49 bore wells 125 small wells we have created 40 water lift schemes and 13 check dams for drinking and irrigation and from 2022 onwards from this year onwards we are going full scale into education by adopting almost 2700 zila parishad schools and ashram shalas and inducting a social emotional ethical and values training called s program module for headmasters for block education sirs for all the kendra pramukhs for their capacity building by bringing in the gandhi fellows and working along with us through the sri chetanya trust at healthcare we aspire to set up seven primary healthcare centers as center for curative care through telemedicine operated by a paramedic from the community it will be a hub and spoke model of providing quality healthcare as you know kk that almost in many many of the primary healthcare centers it's an ayurvedic doctor who's sitting and dispensing right. allopathic drugs and therefore we see there is a lot of value in telemedicine and i met honorable dr pratap reddy sir founder of apollo hospital and they have almost 3200 centers across india and doing excellent work and we aspire to be collaborate with them on this and more than 2.5 lakh travel people are living the livelihood we have established the largest skill development center by sri chetanya seva trust and sri nityanand education trust and it has a capacity of more than 2000 tribal women and youth the focus is on micro entrepreneurship the focus is on forward linkage jobs are guaranteed with a good pay as per industry benchmark but more than that we want to inspire them in entrepreneurship because that's the future yes that's they were correct. also blue collar skilling manufacturing plumbing electrician as welders as carpentry and others they were also be white collar skilling tech based skilling like it bpo data entry operators there will be junior software developers training and then there is also a very interesting paradigm where we are trying with tying up with tata capital for electric vehicle mobility skilling and there are other courses such as women empowerment adult literacy financial literacy digital literacy programs which will be implemented with respect to water we want to address the problems of wastewater management in rural areas and establish research backed solutions by bringing in collaborations with terry and as far as food is concerned we want to address the problem of double burden through a center of research and excellence to mitigate hunger and aim for nutritional security for palgar through hunger free palgar through energy we want to address the problem of excessive usage of non renewable energy we want to establish clean energy at rural place focus on adopting renewable energy at village level and as i already said waste has been our focus area and we want to expand what we are doing at gev level with respect to plastic waste by going out and adopting at least 50 villages and we are also coming to brindavan brajbhumi and uh, adopting various kundas various holy water bodies in varsana in gokul in govardhan area uh, also in brindavan area by bringing in Uh, collaborations with some of the top experts who will do in situ intervention by making sure that green technologies are adopted and there is a long term solution provided for these kind of water bodies because when people come to holy places they come with the aspiration to actually purify themselves but the current state in holy places is such that it is highly degraded so govardhan right. eco college is also tying up with government of israel for setting up center for water research and also bringing in the best technologies available in both drinking water and water purification systems and irrigation systems and agriculture so these are some of the gamut of activities i pray to lord krishna to give you the strength 
to fructify this and make it a working model on the Gandhian principle. It reminds me of my days when I was a market researcher in mid-80s. I visited as part of infant mortality WHO research I was doing in the adjoining district of Dang of why there is very high infant mortality. And one of the things the schoolmaster in the forest of Dangs that I realized all tribals over there was that women had to go kilometers to fetch drinking water for cooking and drinking. And that is the whole situation that you are related also happens to happen in Palgar district as well, where the water table is now going down and down and all the health and other ecological issues intervene. We did your vision and your work to actually turn around. I really thank you for taking this initiative up. I want to move gears a little bit and talk about the big Mahabharata that is going on in the world. First Mahabharata was virus which attacked the humankind. Then uh, we have now this new Mahabharata going on where one country is invading the other country and the world is now getting divided. Looks like as if we are going to get into World War 3 Mahabharata. <laughs> and to top it all, prices, food supply, everything seems to be going into a crisis. People are very much conflicted. I would like to get your point of view as to how can the world now regress back into a peaceful and happy coexistence and living and a yeah. place for mankind to live peacefully and happily. Yeah, I think this is an excellent point which you have brought up and I think I would like to address this by first sharing a story, a story of hope as very well that the world thrives only on hope. So, this is in 1968. There is a person called Bill Doggle. Mm -hmm. And when you hear the word Bill Doggle, most people don't even know who he is. But there was this lakeside I was school. born in that year. <laughs> Bill Doggle in 98 was a high school teacher in Seattle. And uh, he requested parent-teacher association some money so that he could actually install a computer. So, it was a school which installed the computer. And that time, there were 303 million high school people in the world, according to the United Nations. 18 million high school students lived in, in the US and almost 270,000 high school students lived in Washington state but only 100,000 lived in the Seattle area and only 300 of them attended the lakeside school. So the probability of a high school student to be in lakeside school was 300 out of 300 million which as they say one in a million. So one in a million high school age student attended the high school that had the combination of both money and the vision to buy a computer and so Bill Doggle gets the credit for actually having the vision and persuading the parents to give some money for buying that computer. Now, why is that important? Because there was one student who spent extraordinary amount of time after school hours on the computer and became an expert on that and that person was Bill Gates. So Bill Gates is not shy about what this meant and he says in the school's graduating class in 2005, if there had been no lakeside, there would have been no Microsoft. He was very clear about. So Bill Dogger dared to dream and Bill Gates fulfilled that. But the power to dream needs a very important quality. You may be shocked to know that forget about one country attacking another country and one leader of the nation declaring war on another nation. I would like to begin by bringing to your attention KK conflict which is happening within human beings. Why are we excluding the Mahabharat within? So <laughs> Before going, to Mahabharata. Mahabharata, before going to the Mahabharat without, I am saying that 
everybody even now the russia ukraine situation may improve in a few months time but how are we dealing with the mahabharat within almost 817000 said deaths happened in 2016 this accounted for almost 1.5% of all the deaths and therefore young and middle aged adults die of suicides predominantly and suicide is the second leading cause of death worldwide for people in the age group of 15 to 29 and it is the third leading cause of death amongst those in the 15 to 30. so therefore kk i wrote the book called the art of resilience wanted to come on that as well because as I, as i told you before there are lots of commentaries which are possible from a, a geopolitics perspective and an economics perspective and so many other perspectives but i have to be honest to my 30 years of grounding and training and focus which has been on self development and self help so therefore amongst all the mahabharats happening i would say that the cause of all the external mahabharats is inability to resolve the internal mahabharat and therefore the word resilience was coined under meaning an act of rebounding it came from the latin word resilience which means to rebound coil back remains right. back and salier means to jump to leap so then moving forward in 1824 resilience was also added another as elasticity so basically resilience is the capacity to survive the capacity to thrive despite stressful circumstances and therefore the sixth reason why we need resilience is first resilience helps people pursue meaningful goals and pursuing a meaningful purpose may involve stress in the short run but it brings meaning in the long run second reason resilience helps challenge assumptions it requires creativity and flexibility reason number 3 resilience helps increase cognitive flexibility and that's very important for human beings because you have to be able to think and respond to stress an important component of cognitive flexibility is accepting the reality of our situation and in the current war as it is happening it is beyond one's you know control so you need resilience to be able to understand and accept and acceptance is the key ingredient in the ability to tolerate highly stressful con- fourth reason why you need resilience it helps us through the art of growth through suffering and then resilience help number 5 to act at times of fear courage is not a matter of not feeling fear courage is acting despite fear courage is the strength to face one's own destructive habits and therefore the external bombardments may come and they may go but if you are in a situation where your family member society needs to protect you from yourself then that's a very you know destructive situation and therefore the reason number 6 why i recommend resilience very strongly is it helps build emotional intelligence that our emotional lives are shaped by our values and judgments and therefore kk i strongly believe that the bhagavad gita provides the solution i ironically bhagavad gita is a book of peace and right. at the conclusion of bhagavad gita the greatest war happened Correct. and ironically arjuna was telling krishna i don't want war i only want i don't want this mahabharat but krishna spoke the bhagavad gita to inspire the mahabharat eh, to inspire the mahabharat why because krishna told arjuna what non violence are you talking about from the moment a person develops relationship with another person the seeds of violence are sown how when you develop a relationship with another person deep within there is a need and a desire to control the other person emotionally and make that other person a puppet a toy to our desires and will and therefore we find that there is an underlying stress and tension close intimate relationship people with whom we have the most intimate relationships have the greatest ability to give us pleasure they also have the greatest ability and the power to create trauma 
and anxiety for us. And therefore, I strongly believe that the Bhagavad Gita and the message of the Bhagavad Gita is needed in this world today more than any time in the past because resilience tops the characters required in the emerging post-pandemic future. Resilience is defined as a capacity to recover from difficulties and ability to absorb and respond to sudden shocks and regain momentum. A general observation is that future forward organization, they would always act focused on making sure that each and every member of their human resource becomes as resilient as possible. And therefore, in response to you, KK, I would like to say that to avoid the external Mahabharat, we have to work on the internal Mahabharat. And once we make a person strong, and when once we make a person resilient, then we need to do the second thing. We need to avoid the person from becoming cynical. Cynical leadership is one of the greatest causes of violence. And there are six reasons why leaders become cynical. Number one, they know too much. Number two, they have not grieved their losses enough. Number three, they have not dealt with their issues fully. Number four, they project their past failures into innovation. And number five, they have stopped trusting others. And number six, such leaders lose their curiosity. And therefore, cynicism grows with age. There are a lot of cynical old people. And therefore, when the last time you feel that I have not been curious for a long time, it shows that cynicism is coming in. And therefore, let us pursue curiosity. Let us pursue right association. Let us pursue the right attitude. Conquer over the internal Mahabharat and the external Mahabharat will immediately be taken. I hope that helps. Definitely a very strong message to the people. I would love to ask a follow-on question about you know cynicism. There are a lot of people, even youngsters, I feel, who are very negative. I do not know why, but there is a very negative persona, negative behavior. And it's not just the old. And how do you suggest we should avoid them or not? get affected by their negativity. A lot of people ask me that, how are you not getting affected? <laughs> I'm not a godman, so I said I will rather pass this question to you to answer. Yeah, actually I was just giving a talk in one of the forums of CEOs in Dubai and I was sharing with them that many people may have felt a lot of negativity during pandemic. Right. But I would like to share 10 positives from the pandemic. because oh, pandemic That's is a fresh. silver lining. Yeah, pandemic is fresh in everyone's mind and it's a great context on how to be able to see positive even in the negative. So the first lesson is my take, take home from the pandemic is life is unpredictable. We don't have any control over it. Even the greatest conquerors, biggest presidents had no control over it. The economy of the whole world can be stopped by a, a virus whose weight is less than one gram. So let's be humble. Second, let us respect nature because nature can throw surprises. So we cannot subjugate, subjugate nature through tech. So my greatest realization pandemic is let us try to live coexistingly and lovingly with rather than exploiting nature let us take care of it. the third lesson which i personally admired a lot about the pandemic was the pandemic taught us how to live with a few things necessities of life are very few remaining things only clutters our life so we can live life with many things and we can live life with a few things so i would say that the pandemic taught us the beauty of frugal living and many people experience this where what kind of things they were used to they could not afford during the pandemic but still life was going fourth lesson the pandemic nothing is indispensable lockdown forced people to change their long-term habits okay many people are addicted to shopping they could not go out for shopping many people used to tobacco chewing they could not purchase tobacco or alcohol or cigarettes or whatever many people like myself we had very ferocious traveling schedules before pandemic but the two years of pandemic made us completely stay put so flexibility is a very great word fifth survival 
is the topmost goal for everyone and therefore we realized that actually even though there were news of death happening but we just could not afford to go because ultimately we had to save ourselves so put health first sixth very interesting realization i had was lockdown demonstrated that freedom is the cause of greatest happiness what all of us were aspiring for during those two years was the freedom freedom to travel freedom freedom is happiness let's not take our freedom for granted let the memories of that pandemic always remind us to feel grateful for any kind of freedom we get seven nature has its own way of delivering fruits of our karma in business as you know kapil some people thrived others suffered heavy losses ego has no place you know no one can claim i will always win in this no one can claim oh i will always success and failure depends on a lot of extraneous factors eighth lesson kk which i personally gained a lot was digital adoption mm-hmm. honestly i also focused more on my digital presence more during the pandemic because my regular responsibilities took a step back and you know i could spend some time working on it so only in july 2020 i started working on my facebook page and then january 2021 or not january maybe january uh, towards the middle of 2 2021 april may last year i started working on my instagram and linkedin and other things so working from home on online meetings and everything became a norm so we are wondering how we did not take this adopt these things before it's amazing that we did it so late because now it appears it was always part of our lives correct the ninth uh, lesson which i would take home as a positive silver lining from the pandemic is that the digital gap the smartphone and internet connectivity has become a basically for everyone and 10th is spiritual outcome i would say and the spiritual outcome is something which i have personally benefited by connecting with so many people humans became human beings because they could not actually do so many things so people started learning how to be rather than how to do and family members came closer to each other we used to call living room but they actually started being used for living and of course many housewives and ladies in the home became master chefs thanks to the <laughs> pandemic because there was such a demand that everybody in the family had to be kept entertained so these are some of the thoughts so as monks who study the gita we are trained to be able to positives in every negative you no know, the definitely these are things that would go to a lot of our listeners as to why didn't they even think that these were the positives that the pandemic and the current situation has given them rather than worry about and stress about the current situation and worry about the future absolutely absolutely i agree guruji i want to move gears and talk about some of the Addition. values of iskon movement and some of the beliefs and some of the controversies that are whether political or religious around them and i want to take your views it could be a quick rapid fire session because we are a bit short in time now one is about yoga you know yoga has perennially existed in india from medieval times in fact our previous prime minister indira gandhi actually allowed yogi dhirendra brahmachari to conduct a program on doordarshan mm-hmm. and now his grandson when prime minister modi has taken yoga to the world and made it into a big issue out of it and recognizing yoga and organizing world yoga day why are other religions and politicians now against yoga what is your view about them and how do we counter them yeah so i would say that as far as we are concerned practitioners of spirituality we have 
part of Vedic India since long time. So the Gita explains yoga as Yogastapur Karmani Sangam Tepka Dhanan Siddhya Siddhya Samubhutva Samattam Yoga. Yoga is a matter of connecting the soul with the divine, right? But it is nothing alien to India. We should understand that till the 1850s, before Macaulay started his education system, actually, practically the entire education system in India was based on Sanskrit, okay? So, Macaulay had an interesting comment where he said that as a field is fully plowed before a crop is planted, so it must be plowed. And after plowing, that means after removing the existing situation, then we should sow the English education. So, the first thing which Macaulay did was he declared the Gurukuls to be illegal. And then when the Gurukuls became illegal, then the assistance which they received from the society became illegal. Then second thing he did was he banned Sanskrit. And then not only that, he set fire and beat the people and the Guru's teaching and put them in jail. So, you will not believe, Katie, in 1850, how many Gurukuls were there in India? There were 7,32,000 Gurukuls in India. And how many villages at that time? 750,000. So, average of one Gurukul. So, the Gurukuls used to have hurling, you know, higher learning too. And they were subjects taught, like metallurgy, like water, like space science, like environment, like solar, like lunar, like weather forecast, battery energy, Space research, astronomy, gastronomy, mining and metals, gravity, energy, educate, whatever you can think of. There was a whole range of almost 60 plus subjects being taught. But Gurukul education, which was at the hub of teaching yoga and yoga-based knowledge, it was actually uh, an Indian Education Act of 1835, revised in 1858, and it was drafted by Lord Macaulay. And Macaulay conducted a survey of education system when many Britishers had given their reports about India's education. So there were two British officers. One was G.W. Luther, who actually went across the entire North India and reported that there is 97% literacy in North India. And then there is Munro, Thomas Munro, who was tasked with doing a survey of the entire South India. And then he said that the entire South India, there is 100% literacy. So Macaulay declared, that if India is to be enslaved forever, the Indian indigenous and cultural education system must be completely demolished and replaced with an English education system. And so that will make the Indians only remain Indians physically, but mentally they will become, and when they leave, then they will continue to work in the interest of the British. So Macaulay wrote a letter to his father, and in that he wrote, he writes, that these convent schools will bring out children who look like Indian, but they are actually British by brain and they don't know anything about their country. They won't know anything about their culture. They won't have any idea about their own tradition. They will not think about their own idiom. When such children are there in this country, even if the British go away, English will not leave this country. And therefore, we find that today in India, there are almost 24,300 PhDs every year as again 67,000 PhDs being churned by United States and 28,000 PhDs from Germany and almost 25,000 PhDs from UK and 13,000 PhDs from France and 16,000 PhDs from Japan. But in spite of PhD, we are not able to articulate the right kind of values and character within them. Therefore, KK, ISKCON, International Society for Krishna Consciousness, was established by His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada in 1966 to take the knowledge and message of the Bhagavad Gita and the Yoga all over the world. In fact, 
that Prabhupada was asked by one British reporter, Swamiji, why did you come to London? And Prabhupada said, for the last 300 years, the Britishers have taken away and looted so much of gold, silver, emeralds and rubies from India, but failed to take away the most precious jewel, Bhagavad Gita, I have come to give home delivery of. And therefore, Prabhupada became the greatest, one of the greatest ambassadors of yoga, of bhakti yoga and Vedic culture. And today, 520 million Bhagavad Gita's have been distributed all over the world. 9 million people come across the world to worship Krishna at the ISKCON temples. There have been 3.7 billion plates of prasadam which have been distributed and more than 3 million plates of prasadam are served every single day in the midday meal programs across India. ISKCON has more than 650 centers, temples and schools worldwide. Almost 12 million people across the world worship in ISKCON temples every single year. And we are very fortunate that there is also a wing known as Padyatra which has traveled for more than 260,000 kilometers across the whole world in more than 52,000 towns and villages in 170 countries. And since 1966, more than 100,000 devotees have taken spiritual initiation. And there are more than 6,000 festivals of Hare Krishna held every single year across the whole world. And more than 3,600 home study groups because as we share that ghar ko chodo mat, Krishna ko ghar mein jodo. And there are more than 110 Hare Krishna restaurants across the whole world. And Srila Prabhupada's books have been translated in more than 80 languages. And there are 65 eco-friendly, eco-villages and farm communities across the world. Bhaktivedanta Book Trust International is the largest publishing house in the whole world in Indian and Vedic philosophy and literatures. And you will be happy to know in 2024, the Temple of Vedic Planetarium inaugurated and I invite you in advance for that KK that it will be 130 so meters taller than St. Paul's in London and the Taj Mahal. It's one of the largest temples in the whole world. And therefore, we at ISKCON strongly believe that the world needs yoga than ever before. And it's because it's there in all the spiritual literatures, in all the Vedic literatures, and it's at the very essence of Sanatana. I want to bring in a very pertinent issue with respect to Lord Rama. Okay. And Krishna. I this is a question that I asked also Dr. Devdat Patnayak in my podcast with him on the mantra of happiness. He's, he came in our season two last year. And Ishkon professes God as a person. And we have had various avatars of God, Ram and then Krishna. Ram embodied following the rules. He was a ruler and he professed yeah. following the rules. And Krishna was a Gopala and he broke the rules. And from a societal balance point of view, mm. obviously we need to be pray to both the avatars as Hindus. Mm. Now, which one do you recommend? I'm sure <laughs> you are part of the Krishna conscious movement. But from a societal balance and consciousness point of view, do we break rules or do we follow rules like Lord Rama? Yeah, thanks for asking that question. I think it is said that one should follow Krishna's words and Ram's example. Okay. That's <laughs> why. Hare Rama, Hare Krishna. Yeah. So I think that short answer summarizes everything. I want to put a few more things. They may be a bit political. Not many of our listeners may like it. You see, I have close relatives in, in Mathura, which is a birthplace of Lord Krishna. Like Ram Janmuvi, there have been disputes also at Krishna Janmuvi. And this has not been that much politicized. How do you think this Mahabharata, which will start politically, can be amicably resolved and we could probably see a very quick resolution on Lord Krishna's birthplace? Right. 
you see i agree kk that there needs to be a focus on resolution the means to the resolution may not be so easy to get okay so both sides focus on recognizing this is the place we have to live we have to live together then some arrangement can be made interestingly i was just there last month in march in, Jer- in israel for a week a trip organized by government of israel and i visited jerusalem it is the exact same spot it is considered to be holy by christians by jews by muslims Correct. so none of them want to accede to the requests and demands of others so there are different levels of sanct so as far as hindu community is concerned ayodhya is considered ayodhya is the birthplace of lord ram Mathura is the birthplace of Lord Krishna. They are very, very holy places, and therefore, in the Hindu tradition, a methodology of worshiping at these places is being facilitated. And therefore, it's very important that overall spiritual sanctity of these places need to be established. So, therefore, there needs to be some kind of political will to make sure that each of the communities, as per their emotional and devotional sentiments, their needs be respected. So, I think that way it's easy. If the two sides come. and sit together hear out the concerns address the needs then it is possible that a recommending solution can be there okay that's a very straightforward answer i really appreciate your point of view on it the last point i wanted to understand is many people believe that gita is not only the holy book of the hindus ah. like christians have the bible muslims have the quran how do you address this multiverse in the hindus yeah see basically i give the example ki bhaiya एक एयरपोर्ट है जिसको मान लीजिए आप कह सकते हो रायपुर एयरपोर्ट या नागपुर एयरपोर्ट यहाँ पे फ्लाइट से उतर के चल के जाते हो टर्मिनल सिंपल और दूसरे दूसरे एयरपोर्ट से जेएफके हिथ्रो जहाँ पे एक्सपीरियंस ट्रेवलर भी खो जाए तो हिंदुइज्म थोड़ा जेएफके और हिथ्रो की तरह है ज्यादा एक्सपीरियंस ज्यादा एक्सपीरियंस ट्रेवलर नहीं हो स्पिरिचुअलिटी में तो थोड़ा घूमने की संभावना बाकी जगह सब स्ट्रेट फॉरवर्ड है सो इट इज जस्ट द लेवल ऑफ कॉम्प्लेक्सिटीज ओके चलिए Thank you so much Guru ji I really appreciate uh, you spending this time and talking Chale. to our listeners and uh, from our listeners we really want to thank you for the time and the knowledge that you have imparted before I let you go I would love to thank our sponsors and our team for putting this together and getting you quickly onboarded and have this thank you thank you so much